Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday to everybody out there. See all NFL, all city podcast. Batman, Baldy, Brian Baldinger. I'm Cuz Anthony Gargano. Together, we give you the all city, all NFL podcast. All right, Baldy. Yeah. Uh, we today's episode is just going to be about what I think was an instant classic among the best games of the year. It was Buffalo and Philadelphia. Uh, two playoff teams, two teams, or certainly the Bills want to be. I mean, this was an incredible matchup in the rain. I it thought it had, it had everything, Cuz. It had everything. It's it's a late start, okay, 425 start, CBS, Nance and Romo. It, it, the weather, you know, was northeast weather. You know, we're in this playoff stretch. It, it could be anything, and it rained from – literally, I was on the field two and a half hours before the game. Lane Johnson was down the field working out to see if he was going to be able to go or not go. And so I went down to watch that. I went down to talk to the offensive line coach of the Bills, Aaron Cromer, longtime friend. Jeff Stoutland was is down there working out with his guys, getting Jack Driscoll ready because Lane was, was down. Von Miller comes over. He starts telling me about um, he's got this pass rush camp. He wants me to kind of help out with it, whatever. Oh, yeah? What is yeah. that? Well, he does it in the offseason. But, you know, they, he started. You know, I got to get a little lane on that. Yeah, no, but it's, uh, you know, he, he, like him, Max Crosby, all the guys, Miles Garrett, they all kind of contribute. But it, what's happening is all these different guys now, Lane Johnson with the offensive line masterminds, um, you know, uh, George Kittle with the tight ends, um, Von Miller with pass rushers. It seems like every single position group has their own little offseason schools now. Yeah, I love that. So it's cool. So it's just, yeah. it's just players coaching I, players. You know, like there's you know, some some guys. That's why you are Professor Baldy because you attend all these. I camps. go to all these things because honestly, it's like a big think tank, cause yeah. And so you know, Von's over. He's 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 great, man. He's got two kids now. He's you know he's a father. Like you know, his life is different than it was. And so you know, he's on the back. He's he's still a great player, and um, he's going to be a Hall of Fame player. But you know, it's just good. Talking to these guys. I see Josh Allen down the field. He's like, yo, Baldy. I go, Josh, man, this weather stinks. I go, but it's your kind of weather. It's Wyoming weather. Yeah, I go, like, you, you know, he goes, I go, you might have to run it every play this today. He goes, yeah, that's fine with me, man. I'll do that. You know, and like, so, you know, you see Stephon Diggs. He's working on his routes. 
in the end zone. So it's just it's just do Baldy's walk. It's just do Baldy's walk out there. But it was. But you know the thing is, is it felt the game felt big. It did. The crowd was juiced. Yeah. The weather was bad. There was a, an element of a playoff atmosphere, and then it all delivered. Well, it delivered in a way where if you're a fan on any level of this game, I don't care if you're a fantasy football fan, if you're a coach, if you play the game, if you just want to wear the, the jersey. Like, this game had everything that us fans, and we're fans, that you could want. I'm announcing a game, and I'm saying, I, there's no place else I want to be. Nah. And there's so much, you know, and so I mean, it, games, was, it was riveting, and it went between the overtime it almost bumped into the Sunday yes. night game. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, I mean, it didn't finish until after uh, eight, like Close after eight o'clock. Yeah. So it almost, and I, I think it was the longest game of the year by far. But I think it, in fact, uh, we're going to have Kevin Byard on. And Kevin said he played over 90 snaps, the most yeah. he's played in the game. So it was that kind of a day. All so, right, let, let's set it up from both teams' perspective. Yes. And then we're going to go to the tape, too, mm -hmm. okay? But let's first look at it from the Bills' perspective because, look, the Bills are in the middle of a gauntlet schedule. Yes. The Bills really needed to win yesterday. If they would have won yesterday, they would have been in a playoff spot. Yeah. And now they're at the 10th spot, and they're looking at a they're, bye they're week. They're 6-6 six six with Kansas a bye week. City, Dallas, Chargers, New England, Miami. I mean, that is a murderous row to end the season and try to get in the playoffs. So, you know, they they played like Josh Allen is just an amazing player. Like anybody that would say, well, if they just want to look at turnovers, all right, the guy makes so many plays. I feel like this would this wouldn't even come close to being a playoff team without Josh Allen. Like they wouldn't even be competitive. Yeah. Like he gives them such an edge. You know, there's the play that gets drawn up that you practice. Joe Brady, the new offense coordinator, draws up. And then the Eagles defend it. And now Josh Allen takes off. Now there's a new play. Like, he runs for two touchdowns yesterday. They couldn't stop him. He's a leading rusher in the game. Oh, it was unbelievable. 81 yards rushing. They couldn't stop him when he pulled it down. He's making these unbelievable throws. He gets into a rhythm. You can't get him off the field. Uh, he was sensational. He was. And... The Eagles, of course, come in with the league's best record off of that big win Monday night yeah. where they had to come from behind. That game was in the rain. They have a short week, have to come back against a desperate, really talented AFC team in the rain again. The storylines were all drawn. The storylines were all there. And they basically look like they sleepwalk through the first half. Well, let's go to the tape. Well, let's, let's do it. Let's take a look at it. So, you're right, Baldy. It was all Buffalo. The Eagles' offense could do very little in that first half. Well, they, they popped a run. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's 0-0. It's late first quarter. And the Eagles got a little bit of a drive going. And they popped this run to Kenneth Gainwell, who got a lot of carries yesterday, a lot of touches. And so, like they – but if you watch, every single run they had that was big, it was led by Jason Kelsey. Look at this. I like, mean, when you watch this, like oh. he's got this thing called a power. I call it a power step. He steps with his left foot and then just knocks the living hell out of the nose tackle right there onto Jurgens. And then he goes up and picks off the linebacker, Dodson. 
and right there creates the hole for Gainwell. It's a one-man hole. It's like when you think about it, he dips up and then comes and, and seals. I don't lane. see anybody using I this mean, technique. I mean, that's unbelievable. I don't you see two guys. I don't see anybody using this technique because most teams they step with the guard, Jurgens. They step together at the nose tackle, and by the time they get off the nose tackle, the linebacker's already filled. But Kelsey, so smart and powerful, steps left, bam. He knocks him all the way off to Jurgens, and then he goes up on Dodson, and there's the hole. I, I, and he I pops mean, it. I mean, that's and amazing. And Gainwell takes it down to the two-yard line and set up their first touchdown of, and their only touchdown of the first half. I mean, but, literally went from one side of the street, like a small street, side street in Philadelphia, Punches one guy in the face, goes across the street, punches the other guy in the face, and creates a hole for the running back. It's unbelievable. So, you know, that game will takes it down to, like, inside the two. They line up for a Philly shove, right? So, this brotherly shove thing, watch who is the first per eagle you see in the end zone. Look at Malata sticking wow, his head through. Yeah. Like, he just burrowed a hole right yeah. through the Bills' defense. Yeah. There's Malata. Now, next second head you're going to see is Dickerson. Yeah. Like, he's all bent in half, but he's in the end zone. And then the helmet on top of Dickerson is hurt. So, you see Buffalo. They're jumping over the top. They're going low. And the shove. And, by the way, it's, as soon as they got down to the one, the whole crowd started going crazy. Because they all know the brotherly shove is coming. So, then the fans, they love it. So, they're all getting behind it. Buffalo's lining up. And you go, how do you stop that? Malad is 385 pounds. Like, he burrowed a hole right through the defense. There's look at Dickerson. He doesn't care. Dickerson's got three guys on top yeah. of him. He's celebrating on his back like a turtle. <laughs> you just channeled Madden. Yeah. What would John Madden say about the brotherly shove? Oh, he would, he would, he would have a good time with this. He, he would find so many different elements to it. Like, if you watch from watch Malata, watch him dig. Look at, look at the power. It's unbelievable. It really is. And if you watch, like, Kels, if you watch Hurts, nobody gets his legs. Really, all, all that uh, Albert O and Gainwell behind him are doing is protecting Jalen Hurts' legs. Yeah. So they never get to the legs. So the legs just keep churning. You know what's, you know what's incredible, too, is other teams have tried to run it, and we've seen it, yeah. and they can't do it. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Here, here, here's what the Eagles have going for them. You can't practice it. You can't do this. You can't assimilate this in practice. Right. You're not going to risk that kind of injury. Right. So the only reps you get are live reps. So the Eagles have been doing it for two years now. So the thing that's interesting, though, is even when Carson Wentz was the quarterback here, Carson went 36 for 38 on quarterback sneaks. So you think about it. What's the one common denominator from Wentz Kelsey. to Hurts. Yeah. It's Kelsey. Yeah. Like Kelsey gets – and Kelsey has even explained um, that it's a very difficult play from this standpoint as a center. A lot of centers, they fumble the snap because you're trying to go forward and low, right? And if the quarterback isn't riding you all the way in, the ball gets shortened, it's short-snapped, the ball gets laid on the ground. Like I've seen this over and over again. So the Eagles, they get – Nobody uses it more. Nobody practices it more. And it's all live reps. And then they have like their, um, you know, they have all the, the variations off of it right now. But uh, like, like, look, look, the Eagles are up 7-3. And this is Leonard Floyd's up at the top. And this is just going to be a quick out route right here, like to the tight end stole. 
and Leonard Floyd gets his left hand in the air, and he bounces it up in the air. And this Terrell Bernard, who's a great young player, second-year kid out of Baylor, he comes up with the interception. And they get the ball down to 29-yard line, and that set up the Bills' touchdown. Well, and it, was, and it was funny. The Bills, other than that one drive we just showed, the Bills dominated oh, yeah. the entire the entire first, first half. half. Yes. I mean, look at look at this play right here where you get the turnover. And again, it, it looks like, you know, Eagles come off the short week. It's going to be a tough day. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, there's nothing. I mean, it's not Jalen Hurts throws. It, it counts as an interception to Jalen. You know, but really, I mean, Leonard Floyd's unblocked. They're not blocking him. It's just a little drag route to Stoll. It gets tipped. Tip balls in, in, the, yeah. in the middle of the field get intercepted. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can bat it down if you can get there early enough, but sometimes they just get intercepted. Yeah. All right. So let's get let's keep moving. So uh, we're now late in the uh, second mid, quarter, midway in the, in the second quarter. Yeah. Uh, it's 10 7 Buffalo. Yeah. So it's it's third and 10 here for the Eagles, right? They're down 10 7. They're at their own 19 yard line. And Buffalo, like remember they, they had they, the block field goal, the missed field goal. Yes. That preceded this. Yes. So, like right here, look at the Bills defense. They play those two safeties back. All right, Micah Hyde along with Jordan Poyer. Like, you can't get the ball over their heads. And look at their five underneath, two deep, five underneath. They're just sitting on third and ten. And so Jalen can't – there's no, no deep shot that can beat this. you got to hope that you can throw it underneath and break a tackle. They throw it to A.J., and they just rally, and they tackle the catch. And the Eagles are forced to punt, you know, being in third and ten. So then you go – you get this here. So the Eagles try to mount a drive, okay? It's, it's, it's still 10-7. There's a minute and a half to go in the first half, all right? And now the Eagles get the ball to A.J. Brown and get a little drive going here. But what happens is they fumble this, this exchange with a minute and eight seconds to go between uh, the back here and, and Jalen Hurts, all right? So you look at this play. And there's Kenneth Gainwell. And it's a bizarre play because Hertz is trying to give the ball to Gainwell, and Gainwell is tr busy blocking. So something, like they blitz the play. So Jordan Poyer comes on the blitz. And he sees him. Gainwell sees him. He sees him, and he immediately goes to take him. He, he says, the heck with the ball. I better stop him from coming. And But Hertz is giving the ball to Gainwell. Now the ball's on the ground. And Rousseau, the end, recovers it. All right, so let, let's look at that play real quick. So Jalen has to see Poyer coming and take the ball out because he's got to know that Gainwell's going to go try to pick it. You're going you're well, to get the ball right into the team. You got to you got to like change the play right here, yeah. like on the fly. Now, like Hertz looks completely flummoxed, but this is a great angle right here. Like watch, it's a great it's a draw ball. play. Yeah, but they blitz the draw with Poyer coming free. So watch Gainwell, like like Jalen's putting the ball right in his chest. But Gainwell isn't looking to take the ball. He's looking to block Poyer. Yeah. So now the ball is on the ground. So it's hard to know exactly who's at fault. Like, was that was it really a draw all the way? It looks like the Eagles are blocking draw up front. Like, you can't really tell what Kelsey's doing, to be honest with you. It looks like he's so going to go. so much read option that, you know. I well, don't know. he looks like he's going for Bernard. Yeah. And then he feels like to play – like, you just have this gut instinct that something good didn't happen. So, the, the Bills get the ball right there, and they go down to score right before the half. 
to go up 17-7. All right, so now they're down 17-7 for the second consecutive week yep. against an elite opponent. Well, the Eagles get the second half, and then let's go from here. Well, they get sacked on the very first play of the third quarter. Well, it was, it was three and out, remember? Yeah, well, I mean, they, they lose four yards in the first play, yeah. but it doesn't look like – I don't know what Jalen's doing. This is a, It's a RPO, right? So he's got a choice, either throw it to A.J. Brown or throw it to Julio Jones, and he freezes, whatever. And by that time – so anyways, they're, they're deep in a hole to start. They throw a couple so incompletions. It's, three, it's a three and out. Three and out. I mean, you know, and you're going – do you remember the crowd? Because you you called the game, and the crowd was booing. booing. No, they're booing. Like they're, they were, the offense didn't look good, no. the whole thing. So they go three and out. But then the first play of the second drive, they popped a run. That's Swift. DeAndre Swift goes for 36, and it's all Kelsey. Like every big run, Kelsey was right at the forefront of it. When you watch this play, like Dickerson's got a nose tackle settle right in his gap. Kelsey's going to pull on Dodson 25, and Jurgens is going up for Bernard. They're going to get Terrell Bernard 43. They're going to get both linebackers blocked here. But Kelsey is the key. Like, he widens Dodson. Jurgens gets the block, and there's the hole. I mean, and he wow. goes. I mean, look, look that's an SUV hole. Oh, my God. 36 yards. I felt like that play. Gave the Eagles life. Yeah, it ignited them. It, it, ignited. it did. It really did. It, it ignited them right there. And then they kind of, you know, they, they kind of chip away here. Like they hit on third and two, they hit Stoll for 14 yards, right? Like he's a, he's an off tight end position behind Malata, and he's just going to, we call this a drag slide. So you kind of fake it to Swift, and you roll on the outside, and it's man coverage. You can see like Christian Bedford, 47 of the corners on. And you just get an easy flip right here against man coverage, and Stoll takes it down to the four-yard line. You know, and so they, they, you know, they, they throw this play. I, I said that nobody designs red zone offense like the Eagles. Like, it's second down and three at the three. Everything to Buffalo here is going to look like a run. From the formation to the face. Look, look at the lunging. They're attacking. They're thinking run here. Look at the linebackers. It's unbelievable how they're collapsing. Jalen pulls it from Swift. Yeah, and they, dra they what drag. What a play. What a play. Look at this play. But look at A.J. Brown. Like, he's yeah. going in to block the force. He's selling, I'm going to block right here. Yeah. And you're. And it looks like Jalen is going to pull it and run it or throw it to Stoll. Like, he's got options right here. And then A.J. Brown fakes like he's going to block. And he turns and then it up. Look bam. at this. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, what? That is play design, That's baby. That's play design. It's good play design right there. But Swift got him going. He he really popped it with that big run, and then they finished it really good. So I was you know, texting with Howie earlier about the because we were we were talking to him about this, about the play design, and he just went, I love my coaches. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I love these coaches. And, and he should, because I mean the, the, the play's just ridiculous. Well, what you're but Buffalo comes back. Yeah. Well, Buffalo it so 17-14. But look at this, like it's the Buffalo goes and scores again. They're still down 10 with a minute 22 to go. All right. In the third quarter, still down 10, 24, 14. Right. And then they hit Devonte Smith on this crossing route here. And so it's, it's a max protection. Like watch Dickerson is going to pull and block Rousseau, the end right here. 
And Milada does a good job. Now watch the route combination. Like, there's Devontae. A.J. Brown really makes this play. Like, he's got to go inside, and he takes both the corner and the safety with him. And it opens up that window for Devontae Smith. And really, when you watch the throw. Wow, beautiful throw. Well, it is, except that Hurts can't really follow through on it. Like, you watch it. Like, he kind of gets bumped a little bit. He got, he got bumped by his, he got pushed into it yeah. by his own man. But, but it's a beautiful throw. But, the, catches but Devontae's in, wide open. Right, he catches him in, in, in rhythm, you know, fortunately. So it was like, you know, now it's just back and forth here. So now you're into the fourth quarter, and it's third and four. It's third and four in the fourth quarter here. They're, They're at, at the, the 32 of Buffalo. Right. And Jalen, he's got a two-by-two two set here. And Buffalo is just a four-man rush. And he doesn't like what he sees, and he decides to just to take off. And he just looked like Jalen. Like, well, what's interesting is the entire first half, the Bills spied him. They ran spies on him. They had spies on him, and they he, they bottled him up. If you, There was one play in the first half where you could just see how they were just – Well, I mean, look, these two they linebackers – They had gap integrity. Yeah, but these, these linebackers are zone coverage, so they're watching Jalen the whole time, yeah. so – Dodson's 25. Like, he's on Hurts right here, but Hurts just outruns him. And then they pick up block from A.J. and Devontae, and he goes for 12 yards, and they get a first down. And then they get this. They get second and five at the 15. Like, this play design, again, like, this is what we call in college football the pump and dump. Like, they're going to pump it here to the three-receiver side to Julio Jones and watch Buffalo bite on the pump. Just a little shoulder pump right there. And watch both defenders, Taron Johnson, the nickel, and Bedford, the corner. They both bite on Julio. And now the Eagles run divide. We call it divide because they're splitting the safety with Devontae and A.J. And really, you got both. You can throw it to either one. Both of them are wide open. The safety's dead in the water. And so Jalen throws it to Devontae wide open in the end zone. But you see how he gets wide open. He's just a great play design and really great execution. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo, I, it, it's not even their fault. Like, it's that, like, listen, that, that's just like elite. Like, look at the, like the little, and, and an execution. Look at the, like the little shoulder fake by, by Jalen right here. And then the protection is perfect. He's got time to wait. See, it's he all just, these little things that he, that he does. Details. Like, just yeah. the little details. Like, here. everybody. Like, we talk about Kelsey, you know, banging into the nose tackle and then turning to try to get the linebacker to make sure that he's got that crease going. It's all little things like this that you see. Yeah. So the Eagles cut the lead at 24-21. And, they, and then they get the ball back off the turnover. All right. So Jane, you know, they get the, uh, the interception by Bradbury. So they get good field position. So this play is third and 15. Like, look at this. It's third and 15. They're at the Bills 29. This is just Jalen Hurts. It's all Jalen Hurts. All right? It's 24-21 Buffalo. If Buffalo was thinking third and 15, we'll hold them a field goal, tie score, if they can make the field goal. But Jalen's looking at this thing. He's got a three-by-two set. And Buffalo just backed rushes four. Of, right, so, again, they got two deep five they underneath. They show it and they back out. All right? So, Jalen here has got nothing. So, right here, he rolls to his left, and he's pointing to uh, Zacchaeus right here. And he's telling him to go deep, like scramble drill. So he goes deep, and the safety, Micah Hyde, goes with him. And Jalen throws it just over the left fingertip of Micah Hyde. 
Like, literally, I mean, clears it by two inches. I, mean, I got to tell you, that's a ballsy throw. That's just a look, look. I mean, look how he throws it, too. Uh, as he go, rolls to his left, watch. He's going to go throw it off his back feet, kind of. He's got Ed Oliver chasing him and hunting him up right here. He's got his hands up in the air. And, and look, he's, he's fading away yeah. when he throws it. And it's really anybody's ball. I know, man. That's a 50-50 like, ball. It's a 50-50. Like, he's done this. He, he just trusts his receivers. And look at the, the despair oh. of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Oh, they can't believe it. Dispel, utter disbelief. They can't believe it. They can't believe it. So the Eagles take the lead right there. But, you know, Buffalo went down. And, you know, and so the Eagles still have the ball. At this point, it's 28-24. It's picking up uh, midway through the fourth quarter. It's third and seven. So give credit to Buffalo right here on this third and seven. They do a great job of defending everything. They go deep to Devontae Smith, and Covered. they go for the whole, like, really, they dropped the interception. But really, it worked out better that they punted it because they got a better field position. Um, and, and listen, Josh Allen was sensational. But remember... During this drive, they ran the ball with Cook. Remember mm -hmm. how they started to really get yeah. that run game rolling? Oh, well, they ran the ball right down the field. Yeah. Yeah. So the Eagles are down 31-28. This sets up the field goal. Yeah. So, like, they have a couple good plays. They hit A.J. Brown for 11. They hit Gainwell for four. They hit A.J. for 11 right here. They're just chipping away. And Buffalo's giving them the underneath stuff. You know, but here they are at midfield with I, I, a minute and I to go. I feel for it because it was reminding me of Kansas City, the epic game that the Bills play with yes. the Chiefs. Yeah, over, and, if and, you guys remember the divisional round of the playoffs a yep. couple years ago. Went to overtime. And had that kind of same kind of back and forth feel. That's why this is an instant classic. Well, I mean, here it is. Like, now they, again, they, they throw it underneath. So, Eagles are just taking what they're giving them right here. Devontae gets 11 yards. You know, and the clock right. is ticking. But let's get let, let's get to it because the, it, when we get to third down, you're expecting them to pick up some yardage. In fact, uh, Ke Kevin Byers is going to join us later. Was talking about being upset that they didn't get any yardage for the field goal attempt. Well, Kelsey gets called twice for jerking the ball, so they 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 get to the 34 and they start backing up. Never jerked the ball. <laughs> All right, write that one down. <laughs> Second and 15. Like, so they get to, like, here it is on third and 12. Third and 12, yes. And they, he gets called again. Yeah, yeah. For, like, he's, like, literally jerking. Right, You can see it. He's jerking right there, and they call it. And so now you get third and 17. So this is with 30 seconds to go. Now, I'm expecting them. Just to dump it off and right, go just get, get eight. Get, go get five or six yards. Just throw it underneath right here. And, you know, it's they, – they, they're going to throw – like A.J. Brown is running that route that you just described, and it's well defended by Poyer. Yeah. So now you got to put Jake Elliott out there on the field. You see Lovato is going on the field. He's the long snapper for him. So they go and kick a 59-yard field goal on that turf. I mean, with that, they're going with overtime. Conditions, went, like that, that field goal. Listen, I know we don't dive into kickers a lot, but I mean, are you kidding me? With, with Elliot, the amount of big kicks 
that this kid is hit? That ball is starting to fade, too. The wind caught it. Yeah. And it was fading to the right. It just got just inside the right upright. Like, it was, it was, it was curving. The wind caught it. And it was curving, but I got inside the right upright. Yeah. 59 yards to go to OT. All right, real quick, before we get to the overtime, you said something I thought was spot on. 20 seconds to go. Yeah. You said, I expected the Bills to be, uh, to go for it a little bit, to be, to, and I agree with you. Now, I know the weather wasn't really good and, and the whole thing, but I thought the same thing. Like, if anybody knows, uh, like, how. Well, Kansas City ran two 20, plays in 13 seconds. Right, 20 seconds could to be. To go kick a, a field goal, to go to overtime. Take a shot. Uh, I mean, you got the, the quarterback with the arm. You got the receivers. Like, you get defensive pass interference. Right. Like, I just think you got it. You can't just take a knee and go, okay, we'll go to overtime. Well, they did. So, they go to overtime. The Bills win the toss. Brandon Graham says, don't matter. All right? Which was awesome, right? Now, think about this. Now, you, you have the uh, the Bills play, the, the, the play of the game, really, because the Gabriel Davis. Yeah, I have the play. So, yeah. so the play is... I mean, the Bills go down the field, right? Like, yep. they're driving. Allen's being Allen. He made three third down throws. It was run, get stuffed, second down, third down, Allen, right? It's third and seven in overtime, cuz. 31-31. All right? It's third and seven. They're at the 23-yard line. Eagles 23 right here. And the Eagles come after Josh Allen with a zero blitz. They're man-to-man -man across the board. Up top is Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis, all right? And on the route, Diggs just runs a little square out, and Gabriel Davis goes deep, and he gets behind Slay. And there's a miscommunication here between Gabe Davis and the quarterback here, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is throwing it inside. Davis is running outside. Either way, he's beyond Slay. It's a touchdown. It's an easy touchdown. He's five yards behind Slay. And the ball bounces in the end zone. All right, so let me ask you a question, because Romo would talk a lot about this. Okay. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. So the thought is that the route was supposed to go into the corner of the end zone where Gabe Davis takes it. However, right. when, you, when the receiver knows he's got it beat, He's then supposed to cut it off and just go straight because he knows the quarterback well, can just hit so him. I, I, so, like you can see, Gabe Davis right here. Like he knows he's he he knows he's past Slay. Like Slay's playing in the stick, right? Which means he should just go keep go straight. So it's an option route. He he could go either way. Like Romo's not wrong, but Josh Allen is throwing it clearly inside, and Gabe Davis is clearly running outside. And so, I don't know who's right and who's wrong. Josh Allen seemed really upset with it. <clears throat> I'm sure Davis did the same. Um, yeah, but Davis, he went to the bench and, and won his helmet right yeah, on the bench. I mean, they, they, they do an unbelievable job of picking it up. There's Byard on the blitz, Morrow on the blitz right here. Like, it's well blocked perfectly. Yeah, well, he's supposed to, if you got your man beat like that, you're not supposed to cut it up. You're supposed to do what? You're supposed to just go straight. You're not straight. supposed to go cut it. I mean, again, that that's what and that's where Allen sees see, it. Look so, at it. So you can see the he back. Sees he's got him beat. Yeah, he, he's beat. So he's like right here. 
Gabe Davis, look at this. Wow. I mean, how crazy is that? Buffalo's that close to winning the game. Oh, yeah. Being in the, in the playoff hunt. And instead, Eagles drive their length of the field, score the game winner. And now it's like you're the Bills and you go into a bye week just cursing yourself. Meanwhile, you know, you're going, there's people talking about Sean McDermott, his coach. Should he come back? I mean, he's had one losing record. One losing season. I know. But the expectations. His second season. The expectations, though, Coach. One losing season. Expectations right now. I mean, they're six and six. I know. There's a lot of football to be played. Like, there's still chances here. Like, they're still good. They still do a lot of things really well. They're reasonably healthy. Um, that was, like like you said, it was instant classic yesterday. It came down to that play. No. It was, it was just amazing. Meanwhile, Eagles go on to Sunday against the Niners. Oh, man. You got to go through Kansas City. Buffalo short week. Now you get the they rematch. Went and and the Dallas was here. Now San Francisco's coming. They got to go back to Dallas. Uh, who's obviously a hot team. And the 49ers, uh, they're favored, by the way. And they had ten, like they played thir- Thanksgiving. So they have 10 days to get ready for this. So they had like a little bitty bye, whoever's banged up. They got healthy. And then it's, as we know, NFC Championship game in Philly. Sixth play of the game, Hassan Reddick hits the right elbow of Brock Purdy and, you know, tears the ligament. And uh, the game was efficient, like basically over at that point. Amazing. I, I mean... Just amazing. But we should we see. We saw a rematch of the Super Bowl, and now we're going to see a rematch of the NFC Championship game. And in between, uh, you get this game with Buffalo. I mean, I mean, it's just great football, man. It's great football. It's great football. We're, we're lucky. We're lucky we'll get to see some of these some of these games that are literally on any level of fandom, like you're glued. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, tomorrow we will go through the rest of uh, Sunday and some of the other happenings like Frank Reich. Who got let go today? Wow. Brandon Staley, Boldy said, is that possible? Is he coming up next? We'll find out. We'll discuss it all. Thanks for hanging. Instant classic yesterday at Lincoln Financial Field. What's next? This season's the best. For Boldy, I'm Cuz. Thanks for hanging. Boldy, yep. look at this. Oh, after the <laughs> epic game yep. yesterday. Eagles safety, Kevin Byard. Kev, Wait, how you, you must be dead. How you feeling today? Uh, I am a little sore. Uh, I think I played over 90-some snaps. I think that might have been the most in my career, if I could think so. So I'm a little sore. Got a massage earlier, did some recovery stuff. But uh, obviously, it's a victory Monday. So uh, we're feeling good in the spirit, for sure. No doubt, Kev. You beat Kansas City in Kansas City on Monday night. You beat Buffalo and Philly on Sunday afternoon. Both games were pretty similar weather-wise, Kev. I'm just yeah. curious, like, which which game was worse? Like, it never stopped yesterday. But I, don't, I wasn't there in Kansas City, so I don't know. Like, what was worse, and what is it? What is it about playing in the elements? The fans love it. They can't get enough of it, it seems. But it didn't seem like it affected you guys from any kind of – I didn't see guys slipping yesterday, Kev. Like, it seemed like you guys held up good in the rain. Yeah, I would just say, to answer your first part of the question, um, 
I definitely think yesterday was a little bit worse. Kansas City in a it was like on and off. It was like a light drizzle in the rain a little bit, light drizzle. Yesterday, I mean, it stayed consistent the whole game. It was cold. Um, but as far as like the field and, and the weather, um, at least for me personally, I changed my cleats. I wore like the seven stud uh, cleats so I can make sure that I, I had some traction. I didn't slip. Uh, I don't think everybody did. But like you said, I mean, Philly, uh, the link has pretty good uh, grass. So uh, I think everybody literally took care of business. But uh, like, I mean, it was an exciting matchup yesterday, man. I'm, like you said, we beat Kansas City in Kansas City, beat Buffalo at home. And, you know, I know everybody's been talking about the last, what, I think we've gone through a gauntlet. Six yeah. weeks at Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, 49ers, Cowboys, Seattle. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just taking them one game at a time. And, uh, you know, we just got to keep stacking wins to try to, you know, secure this number one seed. Kev, it is a gauntlet, though. I mean, you get Mahomes and Josh Allen in six mm -hmm. days. Like, when you defend these guys, the play's never over, right, Kev? Like, you always I mean, have to know that – the, all these guys can keep a play alive forever. And, and look, same thing with Jalen, what he did yesterday. Like, these quarterbacks are amazing to try to defend, Kev. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing, even just watching film and trying to defend these guys. I mean, especially with, like you said, Mahomes and Josh Allen. It's not really the first play. You can cover the first play, but it's the second play. The second play is when they're getting outside the pocket, extending plays, yep. receivers are uncovering. Um, so that's always the toughest thing about defending these guys. And I have to give, you know, a huge shout out to Josh Allen. I know there's been a lot of talks about him this year, but I mean, that guy played like a, like a, like a top five player in this league yesterday. Yep. I mean, he almost had a hundred yards rushing, uh, was picking us apart a little bit in the secondary as well. I mean, just with all the passing yards, but it was so much of the second play that allowed him to make all those big plays. He would break a tackle, uh, you know, escape through the line and then, you know, throw the ball deep or obviously scramble for a first down, a clutch first down which obviously extended the game and things like that. So uh, Josh Allen played his butt off yesterday. What is it about, Kev, that when you, get, when you came home on October 23rd, coming back to Philadelphia, where you were born and raised, what, what's this team like? I mean, it, it's been four straight games coming from behind. It, it's just amazing that how, the, how you guys just know how to win. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a special group, honestly. Um, I think one thing about us as a team, uh, we know deep down that we haven't put together a four-quarter game just yet. We know we have a lot of improvements to make in those things, but I think it just speaks to the character of this team, the resiliency, that we just continue to find ways to win. It's not just, hey, we have to play this one style of ball to win ball games. In-game, we make adjustments. We understand that we don't start the games out as best as we want to, but we find ways to win. And I think that's just the scary part uh, from us, you know, as a team, just knowing like, hey, man, we can win in so many different ways. We don't want to keep, continue to win like this. You know, we don't want to keep making it close and scaring the fans and things like that. But uh, it's always good to get these wins, man, because I just think that adversity that we're facing now is going to pay off big for us, you know, later on in the end. You know, Kev, like I remember, I think two years ago in Tennessee, you guys were the number one seed. Yeah. Number one seed. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it ended – you know, obviously in Cincinnati that day, Cincinnati goes to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a disappointing loss. But not to make comparisons or anything, Kev, but that was a de dominant defensive team that you had. Dominant yeah. Jeffrey Simmons, you know, Harold Landry. It was a dominant front. You guys in the back end did your job. Can you make any comparisons between that number one seed that year in Tennessee and what you have right now? Uh, I mean, I would. it's hard to make comparisons directly because uh, I think both teams – I mean, what I will say is that 
what was very comparative to both teams is a dominant front. Um, yep. Like you said, I mean, back then that year in 2021, Harold had a Pro Bowl year. Jeffrey Simmons had a Pro Bowl year. Danico Archer, we had a lot. And Bud Dupree, I yep. mean, we were really dominant on that front on that front four. I mean, we were getting so much uh, sacks and pressures on quarterbacks. And it's very similar here. I mean, you talk about Joshua, Hassan Reddick, um, Fletcher Cox, and all these, and these, these pro bowlers and all pros on the front be able to get pressure and kind of really finishing games for us. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the past two games, past two or three games, actually, these guys are getting sacks big late. You know, Brandon yep. Graham got a sack late against Josh Allen. Um, so I think that's comparative for sure. Um, I just know on this team that we have now, we have a lot of talent all over the field. We have a lot of talent in the secondary. And like I said, that's what we look at as, as a group. You know, we're watching film, we're in meetings. It said how much better we can we can play. We're going to continue to get better. We're going to continue to gel together. I mean, we I've been here only for four games. And I think since I've been here, we've had – what, two or three different secondaries play. You know what I'm saying? So we're still gelling together. We're still learning each other and learn how to play, uh, you know, complimentary football as far as with the front and, and the back end. But like you said, man, it's always great to, you know, make these corrections when you're winning. So, um, well, it, but yeah, I mean, two great teams. You, you know, it's funny. You, you bring up the front. We had Hassan on on Friday, and we were talking about Jalen Carter. And, dude, he... he it's he's amazing. A he's a rookie. I mean, he's freaking scary, man. Yeah, it almost makes it feel like, you know, Howie and the Eagles, like, it was kind of cheating a little bit getting this guy's life. <laughs> I mean, we already, I mean, the team already had a dominant front, you know what I mean? But to be able to add Jalen Carter, I mean, this guy, like, say, it's incredible. Blocked a clutch field goal, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, at, yeah. in the fourth quarter, in the last game. I didn't even know he blocked it until I actually, I was watching some highlights. I didn't even know he blocked it. I just knew, I thought he missed two field goals. Um, but that's big for him, man. He made a lot of plays in the run game yesterday. Yeah. And a guy like him, too, he also makes plays that people don't see. You know, taking on those double teams, allowing other guys to get free. Um, so a lot of times they may not always show in the stat sheet, but when you're watching film and you understand what the offensive coordinator on the other team is saying, hey, we got we, we got to we, we got to stop 98. I mean, we got we got to stop Jalen Carter. And, um, you know, it allows other guys with one on ones to be able to win those matchups. Kev, have, have you have you had a chance to watch the game, study it? From yesterday? Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I watched it last night. <laughs> okay, I so I so there's a James Bradbury interception yesterday is yep. a classic trap look. 100%. But before that, Kev, he's talking to your partner, Reed Blankenship, back there. Yep. And it's a two receiver side. They got Diggs comes in motion into the slot. Davis is outside. And yep. it almost looks like to me, Bradbury's telling Reed, like, look, if he goes vertical, I'm jumping this right here. It's third, you know, it's second down and eight, and I'm the way I'm seeing it, Kev. Is that kind of the way it went down yesterday? Yeah, definitely. You know, we knew obviously from watching film that when these guys go to empty, the digs usually to the to the two man side. He's either to the two man side or he's lined up at number three, strong. And they like to work digs on these option routes. Yep. And that's pretty much what he was doing all yesterday. So obviously, uh, playing like I said, the, the trap coverage right there. Bradbury knew that, hey, this guy's going to option route. He's going to run the option off the leverage of the linebacker, and the linebacker's inside. Yeah. So he's kind of setting up the option. He obviously breaks out, and Bradbury's reading number two, and that's obviously, you know, Diggs. And so I guess, yeah, obviously I wasn't in the conversation. I was on the other side of the field, but I just know from looking at the hand mo movements and things like that, he was saying, hey, if this guy breaks out, I'm going to protect me over the top. The guy, you know, throws the vertical. And he made an awesome play. I mean, honestly, if you look at it, that was probably top three, one of the biggest plays in that game. Yep. Because – 
the offense had just scored, and we were just saying on the sideline, like, hey, we got to give them the ball back. We got to really, you know, create some momentum to give our offense a short field. And we was able to, you know, double them up right there. So it's a huge play from Bradbury. I Man, I think he got his first pick yesterday. So yep. it was awesome to see. Let's talk about the offense just for a second, Jalen, because, I mean, you look at that second half, and they just were unstoppable. Uh, yeah. We went through all the play design, ridiculous. But it always comes back to Jalen and just doing whatever he has to do to make a play that's going to, you know, help you win. I mean, it's it's uncanny. Yeah, I mean, we all know the type of player that he is and how great he is as a player. But the intangibles of him uh, just being a great leader. I mean, he's unflappable. You know, I've never really been around a person that, you know, obviously has, you know, he just got the new contract. He has all the, the weight on his shoulders being a franchise quarterback. But, I mean, the way he just carries himself with just a level of, like, calmness that I haven't really seen from, you know, players at, at his magnitude. Yeah. I mean, God, literally. I mean, I know he ha he's having a good time, and I know he jokes around a lot from things like that, but just watching him when things aren't going well, when things are going well, he's exactly the same. And I think that's what everybody would truly want from a franchise quarterback is to be even killed. But I haven't seen a guy as even killed as him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he would celebrate with the teammates when he scored, then come to the sideline and have a straight face. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? It's like it, it, it's pretty crazy. But I mean, like you said, I mean, he's 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 legit. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in his league. He's our leader, and uh, he does it week in and week out. You know, Kev, you you were talking yesterday to me. Um, it's kind of like Tennessee. You know, East here with A.J. Brown and Cunningham and yourself. You got like four ex-Titans that are yeah. now here with the Eagles. It's almost like the Eagles covet players from winning organizations. Uh, obviously, the deal, the, the, the deal with, uh, you know, with A.J. Brown on draft day, it changed this yeah. entire – he changed the entire city, honestly. Yeah. Like his ability to take over games, we've seen it for two straight years now. Like – how comforting is it for you just to be in the locker room with guys that you're in the locker room every day with for years? Yeah, it's, it's huge. I mean, you talk about the A.J. Brown trade. You know, obviously I'm from here, so I got a lot of family here. And when it happened, I mean, I had everybody in my family, which, oh, we got A.J. Like, what are y'all doing in Tennessee? Y'all let us get A.J. And obviously everybody was super excited. But even, you know, when my whole situation happened and I ended up getting traded, A.J. was like the first guy to reach out to me. And you know, we got on the FaceTime, we kind of talked and saying how happy, you know, he was to have me and stuff like that. We kind of talked. So uh, it's been very comforting. And also, I forgot, Marcus Mariota's here as well, too. Marcus Mariota. Right. Here you go. So, so, so Marcus's locker is like right across from mine. We talk every single day. And just be able to have a familiarity of all yeah. the guys. And obviously, it's me. I'm sitting here trying to learn my way around the building. Where's the hot tubs? Where's the training room? Where's the weight room? And, you know, everybody's just really helpful. And uh, I mean, it's just this team, honestly, just the culture and the leadership. Uh, all the leaders from Fletcher's uh, to Lane Johnson to uh, Jason, they really just, you know, welcome me with open arms. Like, I mean, a lot of times when you get those veteran 10-year-plus guys on the team, you know, they, they see a lot of transactions. They see guys come on the team every year. Sometimes they manage like, hey, you know, this guy's got to earn my respect or whatever it may be. But, yeah. you know, they was welcoming to me when I got here, man. We sat, in, you know, sitting in the sauna having all these conversations and things like that. So, uh, honestly, it's, it's been great so far. Yeah, I could imagine. What? When you first heard about it, what was, you know, it's tough when you, when you, you know, you made a career down there. I mean, it, yeah. this is where you came in your own. But then the second thought is, hey, look, I'm going to a place where I grew up with. I'm going to a great team. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously my first time moving on from another team. I know um, players deal with uh, rather getting cut or traded numerous of times. 
actually sometimes multiple times in a year. But for me, um, like you said, making a career in Tennessee, being there seven, seven plus years, uh, had a lot of great memories, a lot of great success. Um, you know, it's the kind of year we were having in Tennessee. You know, you start to hear rumors about things could possibly happen. And, you know, being one of the veterans on the team, uh, high price contract, you always have in the back of your mind, like, hey, I may be one of these guys. You don't never want it to happen, but you have an idea. Yeah. And, um, you know, I actually kind of just talked to my agent, uh, you know, a couple of days before that, who's like, it was a possibility that, you know, the Titans were taking some calls. It wasn't just me. It was a lot of veterans and things like that. Um, and, you know, it ended up being me. And for me, in my perspective, like, Obviously, I didn't want it to happen, but I mean, what greater situation to go to was going back home, playing for Philly. And at the same time, man, like even as, as much of a whirlwind it is to get traded, it definitely feels good. It feels good to be wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, obviously not saying that Tennessee didn't want me. Tennessee has uh, its own things that is going on. Obviously, you know, they may be going through a rebuild. Who knows? Um, they, I think, you know, they were trying to get some draft picks. But to be wanted from a team – uh, be wanted from Howie and the Eagles to be able to say, hey, we feel like you could be a piece that we need to make the Super Bowl run. That feels really great. So, um, But like you said, man, being traded, it's been a whirlwind. Like you said, rather from trying to find somewhere to stay, trying to learn the playbook, all in the middle of the year when usually you get to do this during training camp and things like that. Uh, but it's been an experience that I've, I've welcomed, and uh, it's been great. Kev, I've been feeling cousin about your background. Like I remember you at Middle Tennessee State. So it's just ironic, honestly. You and Reed Blankenship, both Blue Raiders, both yeah. starting for the Eagles. You know, I mean, it's just – and then your agent or, or, you know, one of your coaches, Steve Ellis, reached out to me. Because I've been watching this kid in Denver, Jaquan McMillan, been balling yeah. out in Denver. He, Steve coached him along the way somewhere. What is it like just – no, I mean, I know you didn't play with Reed. But just mm-hmm. the fact that Middle Tennessee State's on the map here in Philadelphia – Got to make you feel good. Got to make Reed feel good. Your coaches feel good. That's a big deal going from Conference USA to being an all-pro player here. No, 100%. I mean, Middle Tennessee uh, was great for me, obviously great for Reed. Um, It's actually pretty crazy, man. Just today, uh, our head coach, Rick Stockstill, had just been fired. He's been there. Oh, he got fired today? Oh. He got fired today, yes. I I don't know if they let go of the whole staff or not, but he got fired today. He was there for 18 years. Obviously won multiple games, multiple bowl games. We beat Georgia Tech when I was there. He beat Miami, uh, I think, last year. Um, so, you know, obviously I shot him a text and everything and, you know, kind of hate to see that thing go down like that. But, I mean, uh, obviously, like you said, some great players came out of Middle Tennessee. We have maybe seven or eight guys still in the NFL today. Um, but, like you said, it's very rare, not only just to have, you know, two starting stages from the same exact school, but, you know, from Middle Tennessee State, man, that's very special for us. And, you know, next week, obviously, we play the 49ers and uh, Ward, the cornerback, he went to MTSU too Tavares, as well. Yeah, so yeah. he actually, yeah, he actually played with Reed. So I didn't get a chance to play with both of those guys, but obviously I kept with both of their careers and knew they were ballers. So, um, but yeah, man, shouts out to MTSU, man. We got some great secondary players in this league right now. You know, right? It's interesting though, Kev. Like I, you have you put up great numbers at Middle Tennessee State. You might even have the record for most interceptions, whatever. I think I've chronicled every one of your interceptions at the NFL level, and I think I don't know if anybody has more than you over the last six years. But what is it? Can not everybody can intercept twenty-seven passes, get their hands as many balls as you do, see the field like you do? What if you were talking to a young kid that wanted to be a safety, but you know, not to be selfish, but just to play within the the, the frame of a game? Right. Like what would you tell a young player about developing ball skills? 
the way that you have? Well, first and foremost, I would tell them to watch a lot of film. Um, a lot of a lot of interceptions. Obviously, there there's some, you know, tips and overthrows. Yeah, you know, those, those are going to happen. You, you know, you know what I'm saying. Tips and overthrows got to get those. But a lot of it is really just film study and anticipation, especially when you're back there in the post and you're back there in the post or you're in a half field. A lot of it's kind of understanding route concepts, uh, learning what the offense is going to do. Like like you said, I do have the record at MTSU. And one thing that I started in college, and I don't think a lot of guys do, when I would sit in my coach's office and watch a ton of film of the opponent we're about to play, two-by-two uh, two sets, three-by-ones, and kind of just understand what the offense is wanting to do. And so when I'm back there and I'm actually reading the quarterback, and I, honestly, at times, you know, when you're in the post, obviously you're reading the quarterback. But a lot of times when you're in these half-field sets or you're in these zones, sometimes it's, it's better to – you can – have to feel both of them. Have a really good big vision. I tell guys to have big vision mm -hmm. to be able to see, read route concepts, but at the same time have your eyes on the quarterback. And like I said, and after that point, man, it's just instincts. You gotta let your instincts take over. Go up and attack the ball. You know, a lot of times guys let the ball come down to them, and mm -hmm. a receiver makes a player, they bat the ball out. And so a lot, some of the things are God given, but a lot of it is film, anticipation, and then just letting your instincts take over. Go, go if you would go through because Baldy, well, he was so proud. We were watching your, your interception of Mahomes on Monday night. D take us through that one. Because that's a th that's a three-by-two set, Kev. You're the Absolutely. free safety. Watson is the inside th three of mm -hmm. the three-receiver set. And right, right. you didn't jump the route right away. It's like you – it's almost like you just described, Kev. You, you, you see the route combination, and, right. but you see the whole picture. So pick it up from there. Yeah, so it's crazy. Um even watching the film on it, that route concept that they ran, based upon our defense, the defense that we run a lot in our red zone, it was it was a beater of that coverage because in our concept is our defense. Watson ran a route. He ran under the linebacker, correct? Yep. So he ran an under route. As a post safety and safety, I'm reading three on that in that in that case. But when when he goes under the backer, I'm not supposed to take that. Yeah. That's supposed to be the back is supposed to pass that off. But what he did, he went under the back or then he climbed up high. Right. And so I think that is, you know, as Andy Reid, he's like, okay, we're going to, they probably ran it all week and we're going to get him. The safety's going to see the guy goes under, he's going to let him go and we're going to be able to get him open on the other side of the field. So me just being instinctual, I just kind of just watched him the entire way. When he went under the back and he started to climb up, that's why I was kind of trailing him. And then I was yeah. able to kind of bait Mahomes because Mahomes obviously thought that he had, the, you know, a whole wide open space over there. Yeah. So he kind of yeah. just lobbed the ball up. Um, so, like you said, that was really more about, obviously, reading my coverage or reading my, my keys, but at the same time, not just dropping a man immediately. You know right. what I mean? So, it was one of the – because even if you watch the play, Zach Cunningham kind of – he thought he was supposed to take that route because he seen the guy come under. He said, okay, this is my coverage. But I was able to, you know, help him on the back end. So, uh, it, it was actually – like I said, it was a good play call by Andy Reid to put that in. But, you know, it's a better play by us. But, you know, kind of just, you know, understanding what, where's the holes in the defense. Well, it's such an important play. It's seven-seven game. You know, they're in the red zone. Even if they don't make it, I mean, they got they got a field goal. I mean, it, it could be the different. You never know what play is the the play that's the difference in a game. But anytime no. you get a, a red zone interception and you can take points off the board like that, that's always a game changer to me. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the game, uh, we had two uh, red zone turnovers. I had an interception and Bradley yep. Roby punched the ball out. We had to get a fumble. That's, that's, what, six points at least, at least, 14 points of his touchdown. So, like you said, you never know what's going to be those big plays in the game, and those two plays end up being – and obviously you broke those down, but those end up being the biggest plays of the game, honestly. So, it, it, you got to just take us through a little bit of yesterday, only because 
I, I think it was the game of the year. I mean, just yep. the back and forth of it. I mean, here it is, second week in a row, you're down 17 to 7 at halftime, and then the fun begins. And it just was just great football. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the game was incredible. Um, one of the better games I have been a part of, especially regular season games. Um, like you said, being down 17-7, going in the locker room, we're not really feeling good about ourselves. Hey, we're kind of sleepwalking through this first half. We need to get together. Um, but coming out of halftime, and I said this before against the Chiefs, we had 100% belief we were going to win the game. We, did, we, we knew we had to pick it up. We knew we had to get things going, but we still believed in ourselves as a team that we were going to win the game. And obviously, as the game goes along, um, Obviously, our offense, they eventually started to, you know, get some momentum and make some plays. And like I said, that Bradbury interception was huge for us. Yep. Um, but even, you know, late down the stretch, man, like I said, Josh Allen made some incredible plays. I mean, his scramble drills that he did in that fourth quarter and even in that overtime, you know, they, they were huge for them to be able to continue to, you know, set up their drives and, and convert those third downs. Because, like I said, I felt like we were playing them pretty well. But then Josh Allen was scrambling, break a tackle and make a play. He scored on that touchdown.